Hey, everybody, welcome in. It's The Wrap. Tom Mazaway and Clarence Black here at our NRM studios. And our, of course, studio sponsor, Warren RV Storage. And that, of course, is on East 14 Mile Road. Great people. Make sure you ask, tell Roger and the gang that uh, Tom Mazaway and Clarence Black sent you. You can try them at 586 977 2770. They're on 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren. Great place to store your RV. A thousand storage sites there for you. Large sites available to accommodate larger vehicles, 20 feet to 75 feet. Pull through sites angled for your comfort. 12 feet wide parking spots. And you just want to make sure that everything is going to be cool. 24 hour security, camera surveillance, and easy 24 7 in and out anytime you need it. It's Warren RV Storage. Of course, in Warren, Michigan. I welcome back my partner, uh, Clarence Black, Maz, and Black. And uh, you guys had some fun without me uh, the last last week. Uh, I had to. I was uh, locked at home. Uh, none of us were sick, but my daughters came in contact with their friends on their volleyball team, and uh, two of them had COVID. So we all had to be locked up for two weeks, and wow. uh, I had, we all had to go get tested. Even me. Yeah. I went and got tested. My wife, all of us, we were all come back negative, which is great. And uh, here we are today. And now this week, two more of those girls have COVID. Man. And obviously they weren't together because they've been uh, isolated. Right. We've been locked down in quarantine. So I don't know what, what the hell is happening. Uh, but I know the numbers are going up here and there. And at least the hospitalization numbers aren't where they were back then so i'm hoping that we can get this thing under control here eventually yeah man i, I drove past urgent care in berkeley and it was like a line yeah that, that, that's mo- it's people taking tests it's man. people taking tests and you gotta wait you gotta get registered in yeah. then they take you in you go sit in your car then they call you in and the test takes you know 10 seconds right up the nose whoop down sneeze a little into a tissue now how much is the how much is the test now? Well, thank, thankfully, my my wife's insurance is amazing, but yeah. I heard it's a hundred dollars, uh, wow. maybe one hundred twenty-five in some spots. Wow. Some spots. That's crazy. And that's supposed to be free, right? Nothing's free. Anyway, that's unbelievable, man. COVID is, of course, it's all, it's all over sports and everything, and you know, college teams and pro teams. I think the NFL's done a really good job. Baseball's done a good job. Obviously, hockey and basketball knocked it out of the park. Mike O'Hara joins us, uh, former Detroit News legend. Now, of course, with DetroitLions.com and a good buddy of mine and uh, the program. Mo, what's happening, my man? I'm doing well. I, tur- I turned in my legend status a long time ago. No, you're a legend. <laughs> you're a legend to you till we're not around anymore. You, Lynn Henning, Jerry Green, we can go on and on. The great Varton Kapelian, God rest his yeah, soul. Yeah, my buddy, yeah. Our buddy. I know your buddy more than mine, but it was always great. In our WJR days, when we would uh, be on a golf course together and uh, do shows, it was fun. Yep. How's things, Mo? Uh, things in Allen Park looking up these days. Yeah, you know, even though we're remotely, we don't get to Allen Park. Anymore. I know, but but uh, teams looking better. I think uh, I think some of the things that are happening to them are probably happening to you know the twenty or thirty-two teams, maybe eighteen or twenty of them. That is, that they're they're getting better as it goes along. They're getting their legs. You know, you could just see some things happen, and they they seem minute, but they really make a difference in games both ways. Guys just aren't quite in football shape; they can't quite defend themselves. That's why you saw the hamstring pulls and things like that, the soft tissue injuries. But I think you're starting to see teams 
round into shape, which probably means there's another round of injuries coming <laughs> because probably. they start playing at full speed. But look at the Lions. Who do they have that's out right now that's of any significance to the team? Now, not to the individual Correct. player, don't get me wrong. No, no, we get it. You know, we expect, expect Justin Coleman to come back probably pretty soon. Uh, uh, maybe not so much for Desmond Trufant, though. It doesn't look like that's going to be any time soon. That's too bad. I think they, I think they got a pretty good, pretty good roster going right now. Not the best roster, but, but certainly an improving one. Well, right now, if the playoffs started today, and it doesn't, they'd be on the outside looking in. But they're close at 3-3. Three and three, uh, There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Only nine teams in the NFC with a at least a 500 record or better. Yeah, and we'll see how that shapes up when everybody's played the same total of games. Because right. the guys, the teams ahead of them that are 4-3 that they might match up with in, in the tiebreaker and all that and be ahead of So, look, one thing I agree with, not the only thing, but one of the things that I strongly agree with Matt Patricia is, just play, play today. Yeah. You'll get to tomorrow. Tomorrow. That doesn't mean you don't have pre-planning and things like that. But but play today. Get to tomorrow. Practice. Have another good one tomorrow. Play Sunday. Win, lose, get ready. Monday. Start for the next one. And just don't get don't get ahead of yourself. Now it is fun to project and all that. And, and regardless of what they say, the players look at other teams too. They know what's going on in the league. But 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 you got to keep your focus on what you're doing right now. Mike O'Hara joins us, DetroitLions.com. Uh, nobody covers the Lions like Mo, right, Clarence? You got it. Hey, Mo, a three sure and three. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but I'll keep it. <laughs> it's good, man. Dave Burkett, all you guys are terrific out there. On the, we love reading you and love uh, hearing what's going on. And uh, how has it been, Mo, for you? you I mean, let's face it, you've been doing this since the before the you know right around the Greg Landry days, if I'm not mistaken. But this is well, a my, go ahead. I'll tell you a quick. I'll tell you a quick story. My first column on. On anything related to pro football, so the Detroit News was on Greg Landry. How about that? I, I, well, I wrote it in March of 1970. He visited our company in Vietnam on a USO wow. tour. And I had been with the News three and a half years before I got drafted. And so uh, I did an interview with him. I was like 23 and a wow. half when I got drafted. I was with a bunch of kids, you know, and uh, I mean, relative kids at that age. I mean, sure. the difference between 23 and 19 really is. So I interviewed to talk to explain who I was and all that and, and talked to him for 10 or 15 minutes. And finally, when we got done, I said, are you scared? He goes, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so I, every once in a while, I, I can find that online if I want to. There's I'd love to see that. Online. That's it's, awesome. It's, it's, it's somewhere. You should re-release that, man. I'd love to Let's read some of the old columns. Let's put it this way. His uniform was a lot cleaner than mine was. No doubt about it. Hey, and how about one of your famous, uh, I wouldn't call him a bunkmate, but he was in the war with you. Who was it? Oh, I don't want to, Oh, you mean Al Gore? Yeah, Al Gore. <laughs> yeah, he was just a guy that he really was. He, look, everybody knew that, who he was, and his father was, you know, a senator from Tennessee. But he was just a guy, just a, and a good guy. He took his turn. He went out in the field when it was his turn to go, and, and, and really, you know, kind of stayed in touch for, geez, 10, 15 years after that. Man. But like a lot of your Army buddies, things change, and certainly he had a much more important job than I did, but he seems to have, as far as I can tell, kind of dropped out of view. I'm surprised, he, he, really was. I'm yeah. surprised he didn't put you in his cabinet, man, you when see, he was in you there. You see what Army men do? Yeah. You see, see well, who I we was, are? You know, I, yeah, you know what? I was going to be uh, I was gonna be director of pranks. I love it. No <laughs> doubt about it. Hey, I got, I got Major uh, Clarence Black here, man. I mean, talk Army. Oh really? Yeah. What? Yeah, Major, my. How long, how, how long were you in? Uh, still in, still in, oh, Mike. Yeah. Ten years, ten years in. Um, love every minute of it. Uh, what, what's your MOS? A Twenty-five Alpha and a forty-six Alpha. <laughs> that's, that's up to sixty-nine, or no, seventy-one. 
Okay. That's what mine was, information specialist. Yeah, no, I... This information. Yeah, that, that's no, more I know like it. it. And we're all 46s now, so uh, it's uh, I'm a signal officer and a public affairs officer. All right, good. Yeah, well, good. We appreciate your service. Yeah, yeah I appreciate, you. you. appreciate yours. more than mine, by the way. Uh, it's all right, man. It's all good. Mike O'Hara joins us, DetroitLions.com. Uh, Lions playing better better football. Let's face it, if, yeah. uh, if uh, uh, Swift catches that ball against the Bears, who knows what their record would be. I mean, you can go back. But what do you think of uh, DeAndre Swift lately? He's looking he's looking like that second-round pick we thought he might be. Well, you know, I'm not just making this up, but he was my top running back going into the draft. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a scout by any means, but I really I put a lot of work into separating out the guys and and he was really my number one choice for the Detroit Lions. Now, my favorite, what my favorite running back was Jonathan Taylor, yeah. just because everything he did at Wisconsin. But he's not who I would have taken first, if that makes any sense. Oh, I just, I love the kid, and I love, sure. you know, 310 carries. He's a, a beast for, for his school. Yeah, he really was. And he's having a pretty good, not great, but pretty good uh, start to his career for uh, the Indianapolis Colts will be in town here on Sunday. But the yep. one thing I liked about Swift was his athleticism. Uh, his ability to catch the ball and his knowledge of, of 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 the entire passing game, as they said at Georgia, that in other words he understood the blocking and the, the protection and all that. Now he really broke down on protection one time, and Stafford got absolutely leveled. Uh, he but, sure did. But, I, but after the end of the first round, I said to Tim Twentyman, I said, "If I'm Bob Quinn, I'm making a trade right now to get the first pick in the second round to get DeAndre Swift." Well, obviously. Quinn, no big surprise, knows more about it than I do. <laughs> but he was there with the third pick overall. But I thought it was a great pick, and I still do. And look, he's had one 100-yard game, 116, a week ago against against Jacksonville. But every game he does something. He really does. Look, he scored a touchdown on Sunday. Didn't have a big running game. Didn't have a big receiving game. But he's a, he's a plus player. He really does. He's got great hands, great instincts. And he reminds me to some degree of Christian McCaffrey. Now, I don't think he's quite as quick as McCaffrey, but he plays that style of of game, you know, he's nimble. He's got balance. He can change direction without slowing down. And I think he's going to be a really good player for the Detroit Lions for quite a while. Carry on, Johnson, man. Uh, a guy that is not a squeaky wheel or nothing, but this guy does his job every week. I've been reading and watching video from you guys, putting it out. He's a hell of a blocker. Yeah, he really is. And that's, uh, look, if you're going to throw the ball in certain situations, uh, uh, when you've got to hold the ball, he's, he's a good guy to have back there. He's willing. And look, you just look at his frame and his size, and you know, big shoulders, big, big, wide frame, strong and all that, and, and willing too. You can tell that by the way he carries the ball in, in goal to goal. If, it, if it's first and goal in the one, and it takes four shots to get it in, he'll get it in. He's not. He's not shy. Doesn't shy away from contact. Doesn't shy away from you know, giving up his body. And you know, I, I really like Carryon. I think uh, guys that. Uh, the one thing that's holding him back, I don't think he's fully recovered from the knee injury either, whether it's physical or it's psychological. And it, can, it could be a combination of sure. both, and for good reason for a player. I mean, look, look, that's your livelihood right down there. And and uh, I don't think he's ever quite recovered from the second one last year. But but I like I said, I think I think he's got a role, and he plays his role well, as does Adrian Peterson. Hey, Mike, quick, is this an improving defense, or is this a defense that – you know, just kind of ran into maybe a, a, just a couple of bad teams in Jacksonville, you know, or or Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta looked amazing last week, and I mean, I, I kind of think it might be an improving defense. What about you? Yeah, I think it is. I you know, I don't. The one thing that they've gotten better at is stopping the run. And before that, they couldn't stop anything really. Uh, they had trouble with both both sides of it. They gave up forty four run, forty four yards. I'm sorry, 
uh, two weeks ago in the Winnet Jacksonville, which is really one of the top ten rushing attacks. You know, they don't have a lot there, but they do have a pretty good running game. And then against the uh, against the uh, uh, Falcons on Sunday, I think it was 66 yards or something like that. So it's uh, talking about like 110 yards given up on the ground in two games before that. They were giving up 170 per point two rushing yards per game. So they give up you know 50 yards less than that in one game total. So I think it's gotten better. A lot of that is, has to do with. Uh, you know, they've, they've uh, beefed up the interior of the, of the defensive line, and they're really the play in those three tackles now, Dick Williams, uh, Danny Shelton, and then the rookie John Tennessini out of, I, I never can remember if he's at Utah or Utah State, but, man, what a load this kid is. A sixth-round draft pick. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll tell you who was really high on him at the draft was Chris Spielman, who does a lot of stuff at TradeLions.com. I asked him, what do you like about him? He says, because you can't move him out of there. You know, and, and he's exactly right. You, you, you know, he's, he's not going to get penetration as a pass rusher, but he's holding the fort there. He's really holding the point in the run defense, and that gives linebackers a chance to get to the gaps and make plays. I tell you, they just absolutely slaughtered Atlanta's running game early. They got some runs on them later, but I would say that was an overall, in terms of the battle in the trenches, I thought the Detroit Lions won that one. Mike O'Hara joins us, DetroitLions.com. You got another one? Yeah, I, so... Mike, uh, we, we keep seeing flashes. Uh, the the stafford Hawkinson combination that, that won the game yep. was amazing. I think everybody's kind of waiting. They're waiting for that big breakout, that, that 125, 150 game, uh, you know, that, that like 15 catch. Hawkinson seems to have that ability. Do you still feel like he's, he's being leashed? Is there something we don't know? When are they going to just kind of just turn him, just turn him loose like a Kelsey? Because he seems to have that kind of potential. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he does too, but I'll give you three or four reasons why that's not going to happen, okay? Get out your notepad, get out your pens. Go ahead, look. <laughs> <laughs> here, here's three of the reasons Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr. Danny Amendola, and whoever the fourth receiver is. If you play with Matthew Stafford, if you get open, you'll get the ball. It doesn't matter who you are. The ball's in the air. You're open. It's your problem. Catch it. And I'll go. And I'll give you go right back to the opening day of 2017, fourth quarter, third round draft pick, uh, Kenny Galladay. Okay. Lions are behind. Gets open in the end zone. Stafford throws him for the go ahead touchdown. Next series, Kenny Galladay again. Clinching touchdown. His first pro game. Didn't care who it was. That was the guy that was open. He caught the ball. And you'll see Stafford spread the ball around to, to his guys. And, and whoever's open to make the catch, he's not going to ride one guy. And why should he? Because he has those guys have faith in him that they're going to get the ball. They run out their routes like demons. And and I think that's what's that's one thing that that the passing game has going for them. It's one thing that happens. T.J. Hawkinson has going for him and also has it going against him. But he's not going to get 15 catches unless the, other, unless the defense completely sells out to three other guys and lets him run free. But with Galladay and the other guys, it's not going to happen. So I understand your point entirely. But to me, the important thing is for the running backs, gain yards when they hand you the ball, receivers, catch it when they throw it to you, break tackles, get yards. I tell you, how's it been? Uh, well, you saw Barry Sanders. We all did. Uh, you you saw his whole career. Now you get to see Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he's at the end of his career, but what a what a professional guy he seems to be. Uh, more than seems to be, he is. You know, look, yeah. there are guys who just love love football, basketball, hockey, baseball, whatever. 
Football's a little different because of you know, the contact involved, and, and you've got to get yourself ready to play every seven days. And, and people have heard me say this before. I'm going to say it one more time. Not the last time, but one more time. National Football League is like 26 Daytona 500s. Go out there on Sunday, all you got, crash, burn. Yep. Race is over, put it back together, put a coat of paint on it. <laughs> a week later, same thing, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. What a game. Put it back together. And so that's Adrian Peterson within all of that. Wow. He absolutely loves the game. He loves the locker room and those players. He walked in there, man. And I talked to, a, uh, to uh, uh, DeAndre Swift last week about it. He's an absolute mentor and an idol, awesome. but he's also a teammate. Think about that. He doesn't. So his his status, his stature, and status doesn't transcend what a good guy he is and how willing he is to share with other players. Just one example. Uh, I think it was the Arizona game. He had told uh, DeAndre Swift at halftime, "Look, because he wasn't getting any balls, he just kind of had that, you know, sure. that down in the look." And he says, "Look, just be ready when it's your turn." The game-winning drive, he caught a 19-yard 19-yard <laughs> pass to help set up the winning winning field goal. So. That's the kind of stature he has in that locker room. Not everybody has it, even not every great player has it either, but he has it. Does this team is this team ready for the playoffs? Can this team be a playoff team? Can they can this be a playoff team that can win a game? Well, it depends on who they play in the first round, probably I'd have to say that. Like i have to look if they went up against for example, if Tampa Bay wasn't the first you know, first seed, yeah. and the Lions Lions are a wild card, and they play Tampa in Tampa, I'd have to say their chances aren't great. But 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 this is the sixth week of the season, not the seventeenth week, eighteenth right. week when the playoffs started. Actually, this is the seventh week. But but look, they're getting better. That's all I know. And and you know, you look at the schedule, what whatever it favors them as. You know, when you talk about the one loss records of other teams. To me, that only matters when the whole thing is over, when you get into seeding and all that. But, you know, they got a pretty good uh, Colts team coming up this Sunday at, uh, at, uh, at Ford Field. And then, you know, 5-2 and two record. But I don't think they're as good as their record. I really don't. I don't and I don't think that uh, that uh, Phillip Rivers is anything no. at all to get worried about. He's no. got seven touchdown passes. He looks, interceptions. He looks he finished. He can't move. He's he a looks, statue out there. He looks finished. He's horrible. He looks finished. And I'll tell you another thing, too. That he, is, he has a below 500 one loss record since LaDainian Tomlinson retired, too, and you can look it up. The reason I know that, when I kind of hear people talk about Matthew Stafford, I say, look, give this guy a running back and we'll see what he does. We need to take away a running back and you'll see what they don't do. Mike O'Hara joining us. So, Mike, uh, uh, there's been a lot of talk, a number of teams in the league, whether it's just you know, offense at a premium, the rules or whatever. A lot of people talking about, you know, being players in the trade market, trying to go get yep. a, a pass rush. People have talked about if There's J.J. Watt. There. Yeah, if well, J.J. Well, Watt, you know, you figure at one in five, how many, you know, how many more beatings is he going to take for a team, you know, headed to nowhere? Do you think at three and three with some of the guys that are kind of floating out there that the Lions yeah. might be willing to – I mean, you look at I, – I, I hate to say it, but look, I mean, it's an indoor facility. You know, I can see J.J. coming here. I think J.J. wants to be a part of something he can see going in the right, the direction. right direction. Do you see the Lions being a player in the market right now at 3-3, three and three, knowing that when they come out of the back half of these next five games, which I think, what, three of the next five the, are the just teams that are Williams under. Williams up there. You know, three of the next five, I think, are teams under 500. You know, are we going to see the Lions become a player in the next two or three weeks? Well, I just got to do it. It's it's 
the trade deadline is a week from week from today. Right. Think, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, so they've got to do it between now and they've got to, And I think, really, the strategy is to do it this week because the players, when they change teams, they go to another city, they have to be in quarantine for a week. So if you wait till next Tuesday, yep. then the player's not available for that game. So you're losing one losing one game of, uh, of, of availability with that player. That's what happened with Antonio Brown. Right, well, plus the, plus the suspension. Correct. Who, wait, for that, wait for that, too. Who would you like to see them take a look at, Mike, or what position, or where do you, where do you think they need to, they can go just, just really make some good short-term investments? Well, I'd go look at the, the Dallas Cowboys and Everson Griffin for two reasons. Number one, I'd like to see him come into the locker room, go over to Matthew Stafford and say, look, I'm really sorry I sacked you all those times when I was at the <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> I'm on your team now. I'm on your team now, but I kept the stats. And, and look, I haven't, I haven't seen anything on the Dallas Cowboys outside of Zach, uh, Dak Prescott. I said Zach, outside of Dak Prescott that I really like this year. Honestly. No, they're horrible. He's not there. There's a team, I've, I've heard guys say this on, on some of the shows like on ESPN and so on. They're a team with no heart. They mailed it. None. Yeah. They mailed it yeah, in. They, they've always thought that they're better than they are. Yeah. That starts right with management. But really what they are, guys, they're the greatest warm-up act in the history of sports. Yeah. And they make all this noise. The Super Bowl ends on February 10th. February 11th, they're making all the noise, and it continues and continues all the way until the playoffs start, and then they get booted out, and it's quiet for a month, and then it starts up all over again with, you know, with the Barker. Yeah, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones. Jones. But what have they done? What have they done since they won three Super Bowls in four years? Nothing. No. Or five years, whatever it was. Nothing. They got very close to nothing, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were a player, and I wouldn't be surprised if there were some Griffins available. Here's some other guys that... You know, Curtis Dunlop, I guess, is unhappy in in, in Cincinnati, but he hasn't done he hasn't done a heck of a lot. At least Griffin's got some stats. He's got two and a half sacks and six quarterback or seven quarterback hits. So at least you know, at least he's been a, a live body. And I think I think he'd probably like to get back in the NFC North and and, 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 and I wouldn't say make amends, but say, hey guys, this is who I am. This is who I was, and I'm going to be it again. That wouldn't surprise me. Hey, Mo, just uh, before we let you go, I want to run down uh, some of the teams that I think, we all think they're basically the top the top fives in each. The Packers and Seattle are five and one in the NFC. Then the Bucks at five and two, followed by the Pretenders, the Bears, I think the Cardinals, and the Rams. They're all five and two. But do you think the Bucks out of all of those teams are the best right now? Of those of those six? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't write off the Bears so quickly because they are so good defensively that they can they can win a game. They really can. Uh, I thought they made a mistake when they benched Mitchell Trubisky. You know, I look. I know I'm higher on him than, than most people are, but I didn't think he did anything really to lose that job, especially especially getting benched when they're three and zero. I'm just not a Nick Foles fan. I think he's a uh, you know he's like a, a, a breath of fresh air. He's a good reliever, go, but you don't go very far on one breath. No, you know it's, it's he's not a lungful. But Mike, they gotta they gotta keep him up, right? I mean, that thing yesterday was brutal. I mean, well, you're talking about a five a five step drop, and there the 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 Rams are there in three. That's gotta be disheartening. Man. No, it was a six step drop, one, two, three, four, five splash. <laughs> but that that's hard to play in quarterback in international football. You got athletes out there on the other side. It used to be just defensive ends, outside linebackers. Now it's tackles who can run. Really is it? That's changed the game more than people more than people talk about. Guys who can, you know, 
who can get in that you know, the A gap, the B gap, and, and, and they're on the quarterback in a flash. That's, that's changed the game more than a lot of people think. And that was I something. That was something we saw Staff do really well in that touchdown. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a touchdown. He gets out of the pocket. You know, you're so right. Yeah, but the absolute feel he has for that too. Because if you look at it, play it, you know, play it over. His eyes never go down to his feet. They never look at the rusher. They look downfield the whole time. He's just got that. He's just got that, that yeah. sense of it. Here's the other thing too. He's done it this way for so long that when he gets in that huddle, first and ten at the twenty-five yard line, the guys aren't hoping that they're going to do it. They know they are. It's absolutely, you know, you know, you don't see any false starts. You know, look, guys are going to drop balls. Guys are like, for example, T.J. Hawkinson didn't get out of bounds. He sort of, you know, I think he was, I think he was trying to maneuver the, the, the defender out of the way so he could get out of bounds. Well, the defender won that part of the battle. But but you don't see the Detroit Lions, a lot of mistakes in the, in the what we call the two-minute offense. Sometimes it's the one-minute offense, and like it was at the end of the first half, the 29-second offense. To a field goal. Don't forget that possession either. No, it worked great. Hey, they're great. At, they're great when uh, when it's crunch time, Mo. I, we got to run, man. But thanks a million, and uh, we'll keep on reading you. DetroitLions.com, brother. Okay, thanks. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to do it again. Can't wait myself. And uh, Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com. Thanks to Kelsey and David B. Stevie Mack helping us put the show together. For Clarence Black, it's Tom Maz away. It's the wrap with Maz and friends on NRM Streamcast.